Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Alaskwatch here. I want to apologize if you can hear my dog in the background snoring there, but uh, <clears throat> we had a big day today. We went out and played outside. It's a pretty nice day. It's uh, getting nice and sunny. We're starting around the corner there, out of, coming out of spring and going into summer. We've got some sun. The grass is starting to green up. I'm probably going to be mowing uh, here in the next week or two. I uh, got my lawnmower out, got it all serviced and ready to go, and... <clears throat> just uh, getting ready for summer. Uh, I got out into the field a couple of weeks ago and didn't really uh, see or hear anything squatchy, but I had a good time. I uh, posted a video up on um, my YouTube page uh, for, of my little trip there. Uh, you can find that on the Kenai Bigfoot Research Group's YouTube page. Uh, I did hear some some what sounded like voices off in the distance, but they were too far off for me to uh, really get a good capture on audio and um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was just people or maybe, um, geese or something. I, it was, it was kind of weird. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was the only person around there, but, uh, there was a lake or I'm sorry, a river that flowed back, uh, behind, um, the area I was at. So it could have been somebody, uh, maybe, um, floating the river or, uh, on a boat or something, but, uh, <clears throat> I had a good time. I didn't really see anything. I didn't even see any moose. So, uh, it was kind of disappointing like that. Usually I get to see some kind of wildlife, but I'd ended up going into that area because I couldn't get into, uh, my main area of the Kenai national wildlife refuge. The roads were just, uh, too bad. They were too uh, wet and muddy and it was just a mess. Uh, they're not typically maintained. It's usually just uh, kind of drive at your own risk kind of thing. And, um, they actually had a sign up that said, uh, travel not advised. And, uh, you know, four by fours only. And I thought, well, I've got a, I've got a four by four truck. I can make it and I've got good winter tires on. So I, uh, I attempted, I, I probably made it a quarter of a mile back or so. And it just got, uh, it got too bad. Um, I was getting, <clears throat> I was afraid I was going to get stuck. It, it was getting, I was going into these mud bogs and it was just getting harder and harder to get out. And so I turned around and went back and I thought that, you know, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get back to where I wanted to go, but I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm glad I made it out of there without getting stuck. Cause, um, where I'm at, I don't have any cell coverage and, um, I did have my in reach with me, but, uh, it just, you know, there's not really anybody that, uh, would be willing to come out there and get me out probably. So it would have been, uh, quite the undertaking if I got stuck back in there. And, uh, I thought I was in the, I thought I was free and clear and I went over to that other area and, um, you know, spent some time out there and tested out some new equipment. Well, so then I, I get home, I park my truck in the garage and, um, I wait, you know, I, I go back to work. I work another week. I'm all, and then I'm off for a week. So, uh, Tuesday I, I went to hit the woods again. You know, I got all my gear packed up and was, uh, heading back up there <clears throat> and, oh no, I, no, I was going up to shop. Uh, I had to pick up some things uh, we're working on our basement. I was going to go to the woods on Thursday. That's what it was. And, uh, Tuesday was going to be my day to go into town and, uh, 
go shopping. And I got up, uh, I got up there, up the road, about an hour and a half up the road where the Home Depot and stuff is. And um, I realized my truck was acting kind of funny. It was running kind of hot. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a mechanic, but uh, I know a little bit about cars. And I got out and I was checking on it and I, I noticed it was leaking antifreeze. And I ended up uh, leaking all my antifreeze out of the truck and I had to uh, limp it down to the dealership. Uh, luckily, they had a radiator uh, in stock and they were able to replace my radiator <clears throat> at uh, of course it wasn't it wasn't covered under warranty because it was due to the the conditions I'd driven it through I guess a rock uh, had gotten thrown into the radiator probably from the fan uh, that had you know gotten thrown up in the engine compartment from all that mud so uh, I ended up uh, having to shell out quite a bit of money to get my radiator replaced and that was a expense I wasn't expecting and um, I got stuck up there. My wife had to come and get me. She had to take off early from work and come and get me. And, uh, she was a trooper about it though. She was, she was cool about it. Um, she, she, she's probably gonna, she's gonna get me later for something. But, uh, it was, um, you know, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty bummed. I was pretty disappointed in myself. Um, you know, it's the first time other than like plane tickets or, you know, travel expenses or something like that, that this is my little hobby here has actually like cost me money. Um, you know, that in a, in a negative sense, you know, I didn't, I didn't, um, come out with anything, you know, like I didn't buy some equipment, you know, when I buy equipment, I get, I get the piece of equipment, I can resell it or I can, you know, do something with it. But this was just, uh, straight up out of pocket damages. (laughs) So I was pretty bummed about that. I wasn't very happy and I ended up canceling my trip I had planned for this weekend. I was going to go up on Thursday and I just decided because we had to go up the next day on Wednesday and pick up the truck when it was fixed. So I decided, uh, just, uh, to take a week off and, uh, not head out <clears throat> even though the weather was great. So, um, you know, I, I did something else instead. I, uh, was going through some stuff I had and I found some, um, plaster of Paris and I thought, you know, I'm going to go outside and practice my, um, some, some track casting. Cause it's not really something that I've done a whole lot. And I thought I'd go ahead and film it. So, uh, my lovely bride acted as my camera person and, uh, we went out and found some cool moose tracks on the driveway. You know, we'd had a lot of rain and uh, wet weather, uh, a couple weeks before and it left the ground pretty saturated. So I had some cool, um, moose tracks in the driveway. So I went out there and cast them with my plaster and I think they turned out pretty good. Uh, but I put that video up on uh, YouTube as well on the Kenai Bigfoot research group, uh, YouTube page. So you can come over there and check that out and, check out me and my, um, my little dog bubbles. He uh, helped me cast the tracks. He was a very good uh, helper. So I think that's probably the best part of the video is watching his reaction to me casting the tracks. Not much, uh, going on. Otherwise I, you know, we're all still in the midst of this pandemic thing. Um, really, really surprised, uh, people's behavior and attitudes, man. People are just being nasty. Uh, just, just straight up mean, uh, to people who don't uh, share the same opinion. And, uh, yeah, I hate to see that, you know, I mean, we see it a lot here in the Bigfoot community anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's kind of getting out of hand. Uh, you know, there's people that, you know, don't agree with uh, mandates and people that, you know, you got your, the people that just don't care, uh, the conspiracy theorists and the people that are scared to death. And, uh, 
you know, <laughs> then, there's, then there's us poor people that are kind of stuck in the middle, <laughs> you know, kind of in the, the moderate, uh, believers, I guess there. And we're just like, Oh man, come on, everybody calm down and get along. Uh, but things are starting to open up. Uh, things are starting to slow down. Uh, they actually, um, have, uh, let some of the restaurants and businesses and stuff open up. And I think there's more planned for later and, you know, things are going to, they're going to, it's going to get back to normal. It'll, it'll pass eventually, but, uh, <clears throat> I'm just a, I'm a little, uh, disappointed at, uh, some people's behavior and basically their attitude toward their fellow man. So, um, and, uh, and speaking of that, uh, we're going to talk about a controversial subject tonight. I was thinking about, uh, some recent things that have come up in the Bigfoot community and, you know, I usually stay away from all the drama and the BS and if something's going on. I don't really care for or like, I usually just pretty much ignore it because, uh, I get to talk about whatever I want on here. This is kind of my little outlet where I don't have to deal with other people's BS. Uh, but, uh, I wanted to talk about the killing Bigfoot, whether it's a good idea, a bad idea, you know, is it, you know, is it moral? What, what are, what are some of the legal, uh, ramifications of it? Stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to get into that. Uh, and before I charge headlong into that, I, uh, would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to, uh, creep it real. It's a new podcast based in Alaska about, uh, paranormal and unexplained. Uh, the host is Jesse Desmond. She's a friend of the show and, uh, she's always given me a shout out on her podcast. So I thought I'd do the same. Uh, there's, her show just runs a gamut of uh, topics, all kinds of uh, UFO, paranormal, Bigfoot-related stuff, plus uh, some fitness-related stuff. So check her out and uh, check out the podcast. I think you'll really enjoy it. I've been enjoying it. Uh, again, it's called Creep It Real, and uh, it should be available on any podcatcher that uh, carries podcasts. So that being said, moving along right into our main topic of the evening. So... Pretty much as long as there's been Bigfoot stories and legends going around, there's always been stories of people that have killed a Bigfoot, uh, whether they were out hunting or it was self-defense or, you know, some other kind of uh, scenario. Uh, not, not a whole lot of stories along those lines of people finding a dead one out in the woods. It seems like there's always something, uh, you know, they, they always end up shooting it either in self-defense or hunting like they thought it was a bear or something or <clears throat> they, they kill it. And then, uh, they, they get up on it and realize it wasn't a bear or a moose or whatever they thought they were shooting. And, uh, I, I think it's interesting how there's so many stories like that. There's so many tales out there of people killing one, but there's not one of somebody just walking up on a dead one. And, um, uh, you know, you can get into all the reasons why that may or may not, you know, why we haven't found a dead one just laying around somewhere. Um, but, uh, I want to talk about specifically killing a Bigfoot and, you know, I know there's a lot of different opinions out there. <clears throat> um, the most vocal ones, you know, you hear about, you know, the pro kill, no kill. And when you're talking to them with the, with the no kill people, oh, excuse me, just hit my uh, mic there. When you're talking to the no-kill people, it, it they kind of fall into two different camps. You know, the one is the, we you know, it's immoral to kill them because they're people. 
And the other is you can't kill them because they're, you know, cosmic beings or whatever. And you, they're just impossible to kill. And those are your pretty much your main no-kill supporters. You also get the the ones that are like, well, you know, if they're so rare, you know, if it's such a um, a rare species, then you know you, you shouldn't kill them because you know you might be if you kill one, then you might end up ending the the uh, you might end up in the species and killing them all. You know, driving them to extinction by just killing one and. Um, you know, I think, in my opinion, that's a very weak argument because if that's the case, then they're going to die out anyway. If just the death of one, if the entire species hangs in the balance of one um, subject, then, you know, it's not it's not going to make it. It wasn't a viable species to begin with, um, or it wasn't meant to make it. But I've, I've always been fascinated with the tales of people with, with the dead Bigfoots, with people killing Bigfoot. And... Um, you know, I, I <clears throat> there's a few stories that really stand out to me, but um, my thing is, you know, w- with all these stories, there's never any proof. There's never any shred of evidence. You know, there's always it's always oh, you know, we were scared that it was human, so you know we we buried it, you know, we hid it away or something like that. I, I think. Um, the ones where they're not scared that it's a human or they're going to get in trouble. You know, usually another Bigfoot will come along and take the body or they left the body there and we're going to come back and get it and it's gone. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't know what to think about those stories because I, on the one hand, you know, I want to believe one that they're, you know, a real biological creature and two that maybe some, someday, you know, we'll get, definitive proof uh, through a body but you know with all these stories going around where people say they've had a body and then somehow or another it you know it, they turn their back and then it disappears it just you know it's very frustrating and it's very uh disheartening and uh you know it's stuff like that that just kind of you know when it comes to this subject it just makes me wonder like why you know why bother uh it, it puts doubts in my mind because of, um, just the improbability of it all, you know, how many of these things, uh, have to be killed before somebody, you know, makes it out of the woods with a finger or a foot or something, you know, I think a lot of the stories are probably, um, not true anyway. Um, especially a lot of the more modern ones. Um, and then, you know, you get the ones that are straight out hoaxes, uh, like Rick Dyer and, and that lot. And, uh, there's, you know, there's some that you just kind of have to shake your head and shrug because, uh, you just don't know. Uh, there's even a tale. And I think, uh, Robert Alley's raincoat Sasquatch is some native, native hunters that shot one somewhere in the Southeast and, uh, decided to, to bury it and leave it, uh, because they were scared, uh, that they were going to get in trouble for shooting it. So, you know, it's just, it's, uh, there's a lot of stories like that out there. And in fact, if you, if you follow the subject at all, uh, you probably heard of, uh, an episode of coast to coast AM where Art Bell was talking to a guy named Bugs from Texas. And this guy was telling a story about him and his, I mean, this was like your stereotypical, like a bunch of drunk rednecks out like spotlighting or, you know, poaching. And <clears throat> they ended up, uh, killing, I can't remember if it was one Bigfoot or a family of Bigfoots. 
but they big feet, big fat. Anyway, they ended up shooting one or more and um, burying them somewhere next to a river or something. And uh, here's a here's a fun Alaskawatch fact. In that episode, um, I was listening to that live, and back then you could do what was called a, a fast blast to the host and you could type like a little message to Art Bell. And uh, I did that. I typed one when I said something along the lines of like, you know, this was like, I don't know how many years before this guy comes forward with the story. And I said, is it even like feasible to believe those bodies are there? Because to me, it sounded like the guy was setting up an excuse for the bodies not to be there because he had put them, uh, they were like on a river bank or a river it had something to do with water. And basically it made, it made to me, it made it sound like he was given an excuse for, Hey, these things probably aren't there anymore because they're going to get washed out or it's going to flood or whatever. And I had, uh, sent Art a little message saying, you know, is it even feasible to believe that those bodies are still there after all this time? And, uh, he actually read my, my little, my little message on the air. So, um, that's, uh, that's, that's cool. That was, that was, uh, that was a cool experience for me. Uh, but I believe, and I may be misquoting here because I did no research on this. I believe, uh, that that story was debunked and that guy admitted it was not true. Uh, but it was still, it was a cool story. But uh, again, like so many of these stories, you know, they end up, there's just no proof. Um, and this, these are the stories that should produce the most truth, uh, or the most evidence I should say. Because, you know, when you kill something, there should be remains to study and learn from and all that good stuff. And there's so many of these stories where that just doesn't happen. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very skeptical. Um, if you, <laughs> if you haven't noticed already, I'm very skeptical. Uh, I've had enough crap happen to me, uh, that I'm leaning toward you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they exist. I just want to know what they are. Uh, but I'm very skeptical. I do not think they're as prevalent as the community makes them out to be. You know, there's all there's weekly podcasts coming out with people with different stories and they're here. And if all those stories were true, there would be no question that they were real. Like it would be a done deal. <clears throat> because pretty much everybody in the country would already seen one or dealt with one. And there's just no way <laughs> that all those stories coming through on all those podcasts are true. Um, these things are much more rare and mysterious than, uh, than everybody gives them credit for. I think, um, I just don't think that, uh, they're stumbling into everybody's backyards, uh, like a lot of podcasts and, uh, TV shows would have you believe. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about killing a Bigfoot. So you're walking through the woods one day, you know, you're, you're strapped with your, your favorite uh, rifle or gun or piece or whatever. And <clears throat> let's just say for argument's sake, because I'm going to lay it out right here. I'm, I'm pro kill. Okay. Um, but that being said, again, remember when I was talking about people in the middle, uh, that doesn't mean that I think somebody should just walk out in the middle of the woods and blow, you know, shoot a mama Sasquatch in the back of the head. It's carrying a baby. I don't think that should happen. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't think anybody should do that, but I do think that a body is going to have to be produced, uh, to, to prove that these things are real, to prove the species. 
So, you know, I'm pro-kill because I want to see one um, taken as a type specimen. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't mean that I want, you know, a bunch of people walking through the woods like Elmer Fudd blasting everything that moves. And, you know, that seems to be a lot of the problem with the pro-kill, no-kill. A lot of the no-kill people just seem the pro-kill people are just, they just, you know, they're like these Elmer Fudd-esque hunters that want to run through the woods and blast everything that moves. And that's not really the case. Uh, I would like to see one taken either in like a self-defense scenario or, you know, probably if one is slow enough uh, to be taken out by a person, it's probably sick or old or at the end of its life anyway, <clears throat> or vice versa. It's very young uh, and inexperienced. So, you know, I, you know, I don't think that anyone should just run through the woods blasting at everything they see that they think is a Bigfoot. Uh, but, you know, you, when you're talking about the pro kill, no kill, you don't really get that side of it. It's just either, you know, you're, you're wanting to walk up to a, a mother Sasquatch nursing the baby at her breast and shoot her in the back of the head, or, you know, you don't want them dead at all. There doesn't really seem, you know, the, the tractors of the pro kill debate don't really give a lot of leeway <laughs> when it comes to that. So, you know, it's actually not really a black and white issue. Uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of facets to it. So you're walking through the woods you see one and it either, you know, it attacks you or it's sick or whatever, you know, um, and you end up with a body. So a lot of people claim that when that happens, the person that does, it's going to be charged with a crime. So I, I did a little research on this. I looked some things up. Uh, there is a law in Skamania, Skamania County, Washington, uh, that prohibits the killing of Sasquatch. However, uh, after, you know, looking up the law and reading a little bit about it, uh, the fine, I believe it's up to a thousand dollar fine or up to a year in jail or basically the, the, um, punishments for it. So that means it's, you know, it's a misdemeanor crime. And, uh, and here's the thing about the law. When it says the fine is a thousand dollars or up to a thousand dollars or up to a year in jail, that's probably not what you're going to get. Okay. I've been in law enforcement for a long time and I don't think I have ever seen anybody get the maximum sentence on anything. <clears throat> Even if you get the maximum sentence, you're still going to get out early on good behavior and all that stuff. So I, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it makes me laugh when people say, well, if you kill one, you're going to, you know, you're going to go to jail. You're going to go to prison. Um, the only way I could see that happening would be if, um, well, let's, let's talk about the Skamania law a little bit longer. So with the Skamania thing, the only way I could see you getting the entire, the maximum sentence of that would be if you had an extensive record to begin with. Uh, and maybe, you know, you were facing some kind of, um, you know, like a three strike thing. Like basically the judge told you, if you break the law one more time, I'm going to throw the book at you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I could see that. But if you're just, you know, Joe blow, never got a speeding ticket, never got a parking ticket. Uh, you're probably, maybe you'll get a fine maybe. Uh, but they're probably not going to throw you in prison. Uh, for the most part, in my opinion, the, the results of producing the body would be worth any punishment and 
I think that if you were to get charged, I think that probably there would be any number of studios, television studios, media outlets, uh, even private uh, backers who would gladly uh, pay your legal fees, uh, pay any law, uh, court costs, anything like that, in order to um, get, you know, an uh, interview or, you know, your story, something like that. So I really don't think that those punishments, I mean, I think that law is more, it's a feel-good law. You know, it's it's something they did hey, you know, let's do this uh, and we can say that, you know, it's illegal to kill Bigfoot here and, you know, it's it's kind of, um, you know, it's just kind of a like a prop law, you know. It's something they use uh, to promote tourism and uh, to, you know, sure, you know, maybe it does. I, I don't think it really protects the Sasquatch. Uh, any <clears throat> defense attorney worth their salt would be able to, get you off of any type of charge probably that came from the killing of a Bigfoot. Um, there's a lot of factors at play here. Any defense attorney, I think that's been in the business for longer than, you know, a few months would probably be able to articulate the well, number one, the importance of taking one of these things for science. And number two, the, you know, possibility that it was in self-defense. Remember, they don't have to, you know, all you have to do is put a seed of doubt in one juror's mind. So I think that could easily be done. You know, there could be one person on the juror, jury that, uh, you know, maybe they have, <laughs> they, they listened to uh, a podcast where Bigfoot is described as, uh, you know, uh, huge bloodthirsty man eating beasts. And, uh, it's not going to take much to convince that person, uh, that you were feared for your life and you had to shoot this thing. So those are, those are some of my thoughts on that. I don't think unless that the DNA came back as human and it wouldn't, I mean, it would come back to close to human, but I think it would be pretty close to killing like a chimpanzee or something like that. Um, I don't think that it would be prosecutable in a court of law as murder uh, as far as wildlife laws go, depending on your state now, uh, you should, you should research. If you're, if you're into Bigfoot research and you, you know, you go out into the woods, uh, and especially if you go out armed, you should, you should look up what the rules are in your state. Most states have laws governing <clears throat> the animals that reside in the state. So you can go out and you can kill X amount of deer during deer season if you're a licensed hunter, uh, you know, you can kill X amount of turkeys, blah, blah, blah. You know, you might have to buy a tag for certain animals, stuff like that. Most states, uh, especially, you know, states that uh, have a lot of hunting going on, will have a little law on the books that basically says any animal that's taken uh, that is not native to the state, is basically, it's basically fair game. That you could, you know, if this animal isn't recognized, if it's not known a known species, you can shoot it. And I think those laws are on the books for a couple of reasons. One, I think to help prevent invasive species, like you don't want an animal that's not native to the area coming in and screwing up the ecosystem. So they give you kind of a free pass with that kind of stuff. And two, 
uh, they don't, <laughs> they don't care if the animal doesn't live here. It doesn't matter. They don't have to manage it. They don't need to manage it. It's not supposed to be here. So, you know, you can shoot it. So I'm pretty sure, uh, Texas is like that. And I'm pretty sure that Alaska is like that. In fact, here in Alaska, we have a pretty uh, nasty population of uh, Northern Pike that have moved into some of our lakes. And, uh, there's actually a law saying if you catch a Northern Pike, you are not, you cannot let it go. You have to kill it. You can't release it back into the water. You have to uh, kill it. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. And most states, you know, like that, all you need is a hunting license. You don't, you know, you don't need a license to hunt uh, Bigfoot or non, you know, a species that's not native to the local environs. So, you know, the most they could prosecute you for, uh, would be not hunting, having a hunting license. And like I said, any defense attorney that's worth his salt could probably get you off of that. Uh, you know, I go out hike. I don't usually buy a hunting license. I don't really hunt. Uh, I have a lot in the past, but I don't really anymore. <clears throat> I go out all the time armed. I'm not hunting. I'm just hiking, but I, you know, carry one for protection. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder sometimes about that. Like if I have to kill a bear in self-defense, uh, I know there's defense of life and property laws on the books, but, uh, you know, I always wondered like, would it just, you know, would it help if I had a hunting license? But, um, you know, people, people kill bears all the time in self-defense up here. And as far as I know, I don't think there's any repercussions for it as long as you report it. And and that's another thing. I think as long as you reported it, I think you'd be okay. Um, that being said though, I would personally, I would get, uh, before any authority showed up, I would get a couple of, uh, of samples of blood samples if I could. And, uh, you know, just kind of squirrel them away for a rainy day, just in case. Cause you never know. Uh, like I said, I've, I've said a few times on here, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but, um, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I look both ways for across the street, if you know what I'm saying. So that being said, you know, that kind of talks about the legal aspects of shooting a Bigfoot. Uh, as far as the moral applications, that's where it gets tricky. Um, <clears throat> again, like I said, I don't really hunt that much anymore. Uh, I'm not a big hunter. I was, you know, when I was younger. Uh, but my thing was, you know, I always, my deal was I'd always eat what I killed. Uh, you know, I know I have a couple of friends, uh, that are big into bear hunting. They go bear hunting all the time, you know, and I, I never really got, I never really understood it because it's all about trophy hunting. You know, people don't really eat bear. Uh, it's all about um, just getting the hide. And uh, I, I'm not, I can't really get behind that. I'm not a big uh, supporter of that, uh, even though, you know, it's completely legal. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, uh, I'm not big in the killing things that I don't eat. Uh, if I was invited to go on a bear hunt, I would probably go, but I don't know if I would shoot anything. Um, just because I, I just don't, you know, it's not something that I really, um, agree with, but again, there's that, you know, I'm not going to call them names and tell them they're stupid. I just don't agree with it. So I'm not going to participate in it. It's that simple, right? So <clears throat> as far as uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch go, I guess it kind of depends on what you believe, where they fall on that human spectrum or not. Um, you know, there's some really, really intelligent animals out there. Um, you know, uh, ravens are super intelligent. Uh, a lot of animals, uh, bears are super intelligent, you know, um, 
And, you know, morally, I mean, people kill those things all the time. Um, so it kind of depends on what your personal belief system is. Um, and then again, you know, that might be a reason why they're so hard to kill. They're so hard to find is because of their great intelligence. So I don't know. It's, it's not an easy yes or no question in my mind. I know in a lot of people's it is, it's either one way or the other. Uh, but I think, you know, morally, I think probably the death of one would be justified, uh, to prove the species exists. And a lot of people get into, get into that. They're like, okay, you know, you have to prove the species exists to promote conservation of the species. And, you know, this is, this is where, (laughs) this is where I get into my, um, my diatribe about that. I don't think we need a whole lot of, um, human influence on, on these things in order to promote conservation. I think they're doing a pretty good job of it on their own. You know, they've been around for this long and I think they're probably going to be around for a lot longer. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest threat to them is, is probably logging and, uh, and, you know, just resources, uh, going away land, you know, forest. Uh, but I think there's plenty of space for them still, you know, in areas like Canada, Alaska, places like that, you know, I think where they live anyway, that, uh, are protected and where they can go. And, uh, I don't really think that the, you know, the species needs to be proven in order to be protected. Um, I, Personally, I want them to be proven for personal reasons. Basically, you know, you know, and that's where, you know, a lot of people, you'll hear them talk about it and they'll say, we got to, we got to take one for, you know, for conservation, you know, so we can protect the species and protect their habitat and, and so on and so forth. And uh, that's not my opinion. I want them proven uh, to be real so that I can say, uh, Nana and a boo boo, stick your head and doo doo to a lot of people. That's why purely professional or not professional, purely selfish, <laughs> selfish reason. So I, I think that, um, I would just, I just really want to be able to, um, to wag some fingers in some people's faces. That's, uh, that's where I'm coming from. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and be all noble about it. I'm going to tell the truth. I, I want to prove that they're real. Uh, just so, uh, just so I can, uh, say nana na boo boo. But, um, I, we can't talk about this subject <clears throat> or I can't talk. I'm the only one doing any talking. We can't talk about this subject without talking about, uh, the North American wood ape conservancy. And for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, I suggest you uh, check them out. Uh, they, they're under, uh, they call themselves NAWAC in AWAC. And I think they started out as the uh, Texas Bigfoot Conservancy or something like that. And uh, they kind of moved their operations up into Oklahoma, into the Wachita's. And basically for the past 10 years or so, I think it's, I don't think it's quite 10. I think it's, it, but it's, it's on the high side of 10. It's, uh, it's, you know, like eight, nine years, somewhere in there. For the last 10 years or so, uh, these guys have been going out into the woods uh, for weeks and time, weeks at a time, kind of leapfrogging, you know, taking time off from work, uh, spending their own money basically, uh, to go into this area, uh, they call area X 
And um, basically, that was their goal was to collect a type specimen of, of a Bigfoot. They believe, they call them wood apes. Uh, they believe that they're in this area. They've had a few sightings, a few encounters, a lot of other things going on. Um, it's actually, it's very fascinating to listen to some of the stuff that goes on there in their area. Uh, they have, <clears throat> or have, I think they're in a different area now, but it's still very close to where they started out. Uh, they've had, you know, this little cabin that they were staying in and just, just, just showers of rocks thrown on the cabin, uh, things coming up to the cabin and walking on the porch at night while they're sleeping, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, a few sightings, sightings of uh, different colored ones. You know, I think they see an old gray one that, uh, or they assume he's old, a gray one that walks around in the area and some darker colored ones and, you know, a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, and they've been at this for like, like I said, 10 years and they've taken a couple of shots, but they've never got one. And that really, for me, puts things in perspective that, you know, these guys, they, they know they're there, they've seen them and they're trying really, really hard to collect a specimen and they haven't been able to do it yet. I mean, that's, you know, they're going into the woods with one goal and one goal only is to get a type specimen and they haven't been able to do it yet. So all of you guys out there that are no kill, uh, you know, I think all you have to do really is just take a look at what they're doing and their efforts and realize that you really don't have that much to worry about. And you don't have to call people bad names that are doing things that you don't agree with because, um, I don't think they're going to be successful. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me, you know, six or seven years ago about these guys, I would have said, this is, this is it. This, these are the ones, you know, in a, in a year or two, this whole thing is going to be over and they're going to be, you know, the ones responsible. They're going to prove these things to be real. And, uh, I really believe that. And I, you know, for a long time, I just kind of, I expected to wake up any day now and, uh, and, and see one of these things in the back of somebody's pickup truck that they had got. And here we are, you know, eight years later or whatever, and it hasn't happened. And I don't think they're any closer to making it happen now than they were seven or eight years ago. So I, I really have my doubts, uh, when it comes to this, I don't really think that they're ever going to be proven. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's just a matter of time. You know, one will get taken out by a log truck or something like that. I don't think so. Um, I think this is probably still going to be, uh, a mystery, you know, long after I hang up my, uh, my squatching belt and, uh, or move on and, or die or whatever happens. I think this is going to endure for a long, long time. I, um, they have a podcast. It's called the apes among us. And, um, they've got some pretty good, uh, episodes in there. And there's a lot of, um, recounts of, incidents that happen. And, uh, <laughs> I always, I kind of chuckle every time I hear one because, and I, you know, once again, you know, I'm not making fun of these guys. I, I, I have a lot of respect for them, but every time I listen to one of their stories, it reminds me of an episode of Scooby-Doo because it's almost always the same thing. Two or three of them will go into the woods. They'll split up just like the Scooby gang one of them will see 
somebody walking around out in the woods and they'll think every time they'll think it's one of their team members. So they don't shoot, they don't take the shot. And then afterwards they'll get to get back together and be like, Hey, why were you up on, you know, why were you up on that Hill? You were supposed to be over here. And the guy's like, Huh? I was, I wasn't over there. I was over here. And then they realize, Holy shit. You know, that was a wood ape happens a lot. <laughs> and I keep, I kind of keep wondering like, why, why do they, they keep doing the same thing over and over again? Like, why do they keep splitting up? Because it happens every time they'll split up, they'll see something. They think it's another team member. It's not. And then an opportunity was lost, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They, they're doing their thing. So <laughs> let them do it. God bless them. I hope they're successful, man. I really do. And, um, you know, they've spent a lot of time out there a lot and a lot of money too on gear and equipment and stuff like that. And that's, that's somewhere where, uh, my friend and I, Steve, Steven major and I disagree. Uh, he was, Steven was asking an interview one time, how much money he thought it would take to bring in proof of a Bigfoot. And I think he threw out the number $200,000. And, um, I vehemently disagree with that number. I think it's closer to probably 2 million, maybe more. Uh, I would say the NAWOC guys have probably spent 200,000 and then some probably double actually over 10 years, probably triple that. So I, I think it's going to take, two million or more because you're going to have to basically have a heavily armed contingent of trained people that are living in the woods, uh, with that single goal. And then the equipment to, um, basically make it happen to, to take one down and then, uh, get an, enough of one to uh, bring back. So I think it's going to take a lot of money cause you'd have to have those people. Those people are going to need, you know, compensation, to take, you know, I, I'm guessing it would take years and, uh, you're going to have to pay those people for their time. And so they can feed their families and stuff while they're out doing that. So that that's my opinion. Uh, Steven varies. Uh, but, uh, that's what I think it's going to take a lot of money. Uh, but I think ultimately that's kind of what it does come down to. It does come down to money. I think if somebody had enough money to throw at it, I think it could probably be solved. If you could just go out maybe buy um, a plot of land where there's been a lot of sightings, uh, you know, a large forested area, and then uh, just put your own people in there um, to it with the goal of taking, taking one. I think, I think it could happen, but again, it would astronomical amounts of money. But anyway, those are kind of my thoughts on the uh, pro kill, no kill debate. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of varying opinions out there. There's going to be a people, a lot of people telling me I'm a bad person because I think uh, that one's going to have to be killed to be proven. Uh, but you know, I, it's just my opinion, man. Everybody's got different opinions. Uh, if everybody had the same opinion, the world would be a pretty boring place. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, be sure and check out my friend, Jesse Desmond's podcast, creep it real. And uh, check us out on the Alaska Watch Facebook page. You can also find me at the Kenai Bigfoot Research Group Facebook page. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, check out some of my other videos. I've got uh, some videos on some track casting, and I've got some other videos where I go out into the woods. Some nice uh, Alaska scenery in some of those. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Check us out. And uh, be safe out there, people. Stay away from the Rona. Mm-hmm.